Welcome back to the Let's Call it Nothing podcast, where we discuss all things fangirl. Hi. Hey. <laughs> What's up? How's it going? I've been awake way too long. <laughs> so, okay, we're back at it. We are reading more of, well, covering more of Aquavar. Reva finished the book. This I came one. in. I came in here and I was like, read me a line. I want to know where you're at. And she reads a line and I'm like, I have no recollection of that scene. So I asked Peyton what it was. And Peyton was like, oh, it's whenever they go to Grayson's estate. And I'm like, no, she's not reading that part. We talked about that part al- already. We covered it. And I was drunk, so I didn't remember that yeah. we talked about it. <laughs> you're like, I don't remember that at all. And I looked over at Reba's page, and she was on, like, page 684, which is almost at the end. And so mm-hmm. I said, she's almost done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, cool, that's fine. Go for it. I completely understand. You're like, I'm not going to stop with 50 pages left, and you're a fast reader. Mm-hmm. I stopped this morning where I was supposed to stop, and I said, okay, we're good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so now Caitlin's like, I must finish the book today. I know. I'm like, you can't one up me like that. <laughs> I'm not going to finish it today. Maybe tomorrow. It's not like you've read it before, Caitlin. <laughs> it doesn't matter if I've read it before. We all know this. True. Anyway, what happened last time? Well, they went to see Grayson. It uh-huh. didn't go well. Grayson, Grayson. We'll get to that. <laughs> His name is Grayson, Grayson. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll discuss it later. Yeah, we're not going um, to discuss that, but... So, Farah realizes that, you know, their armies are losing, they need help, and so she goes to get the cereal. Talk to the or cereal. Or said, the cereal. It sounded like she said cereal. <laughs> That's just what then. I do. I'm trying not the cereal. I don't... Give me your southern drawl. Yeah, the cereal. The cereal. Um, <laughs> when that's happening, she's talking to the cereal, and the cereal gets its throat shot with an arrow and we see Ianthe and that's where we left off. She's that like, bitch. how come he always he'll talk to you but he won't talk to me? Yeah. I'm like, girl, calm down. So we're on chapter 59. Feyre hid behind a tree from the Highburn guards in the Ianthe. She contemplated her options. She could winnow away but that would mean leaving the cereal behind. As it lay dying, the cereal mouthed to her, run. I would just mouth at y'all, but you know, it, this is an audio medium. Yeah. <laughs> I told Farah that it took Highburn a long time to repair her hand, and she still couldn't fully use it. Farah didn't reply. Ianthe explained that Tamlin spoke of how Farah had once captured the cereal. When Ianthe had tried to do the same, it refused to speak to her. Because it knows she's a no-good bitch. Yep. It knows. Yep. The cereal did, however, take the robe that Ianthe had given it, where she had put a tracker just in case Feyre saw out the cereal again. The cereal continued mouthing for Feyre to run. Feyre finally relented and ran, finding herself at the Weaver's Cottage. Y'all ready for this? Chapter 60! Chapter 60. Um, We got a lot to read from the book because this is a very good chapter and sad chapter and all of all of the feelings i gripped the door handle as i passed the threshold digging in my heels and throwing every scrap of strength into my arms to keep that door from shutting from locking me in invisible hands shoved against it but i gritted my teeth and braced a foot against the wall iron biting into my hands the room behind me was dark thief intoned a lovely voice in the blackness you do know 
Ianthe tittered from outside the cottage, her steps slowing into a walk. That we'll have to kill whoever is inside there with you. Selfish of you, Farah. I panted, holding the door open, making sure they couldn't see me on the other side. You have seen my twin. Or, I'm sorry. You have seen my twin, the weaver hissed softly with a hint of winter. I smell him on you. Outside, Ianthe and the guards grew closer, closer and closer. Somewhere deep in the room, I felt her move, felt her stand, and take a step toward me. What are you? The weaver breathed. Farah, you can be quite tedious, Ianthe said. Right outside, I could barely make out her pale robes through the crack between the door and the threshold. Do you think you can ambush us in there? I saw your shield. You're drained. And I do not think your glowing trick will help. She's still jealous about that. The dumb bitch. (laughs) Remember that one time she tried to show off? When it was my glory? It was my time to shine. Literally. Even with this happening still makes me roll my my eyes at her. Like, seriously? Well, yeah. Yeah. That's the point. (laughs) The weaver's dress rustled as she crept closer in the gloom. Who did you bring, little wolf? Who did you bring to me? Ianthe and her two guards stepped over the threshold, then another step, past the open door. They didn't see me in the shadows behind it. Dinner, I said to the weaver, whirling around the door to its outside face and let go of the handle, just as the door slammed shut hard enough to rattle the cottage. I saw the ball of fey light that Ianthe lifted to illuminate the room, saw the horrible face of the weaver, that mouth of stumped teeth opening wide with delight and unholy hunger a death god of old starved for life with a beautiful priestess before her i was already hurtling for the trees when the guards and ianthe began to scream Ah! that bitch is dead the bitch is dead (laughs) we're so happy ianthe (laughs) i completely forgot about that until i was reading it first off i forgot about ianthe Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot that she was still there. Because you know, earlier while we were re-reading the part, whenever she got her hand crushed, I thought she died then. But mm-hmm. then Peyton was like, "No, no, no! Remember, remember how she died, Caitlin? No, I don't." <laughs> but I got to that part with the Weaver's Cottage, and I was like, "Yeah, I remember this now." Because it was so satisfying, but evidently not memorable for me. <laughs> <laughs> The lady rapist of Prithian is dead. Their unending screams followed me for half a mile, but by the time I reached the spot where I'd seen the cereal fall, they faded. Sprawled out, the cereal's bony chest heaved unevenly, its breath few and far between, dying. I slid to my knees before it, sinking into a, the bloody moss. Let me help you. I can heal you. I do... I'd do it the same way I'd helped recent, remove those arrows and offer it my blood. I reached for the first one, but a dry, bony hand settled on my wrist. Your magic, it rasped. It's spent. Do not waste it. I can save you. It only gripped my wrist. I'm already gone. What What can I do? The words turned thin, brittle. Stay, it breathed. Stay until the end. It took its hand in mine. I'm sorry. It was all I could think to say. I had done this. I had brought it here. I knew. It gasped, sensing my shift in thoughts. The tracking. I knew of it. Then why come at all? You were kind. You fought your fear. You were kind. It said again. I began to cry. 
And you were kind to me. <laughs> Both you and Vera. <laughs> this is a sad part, Reba. I'm just thinking, Bobby is a free elf. <laughs> we'll get to it. Hold on. Let me finish this Harry Potter. <laughs> Thank you. This is, this is what it is. And you were kind. And you were kind to me. I said, not brushing away the tears that fell onto its bloodied, tattered robe. Thank you for helping me when no one else would. A small smile on the lipless mouth. Farrah Archeron, a labored breath. I told you to stay with the High Lord. And you did. It's warning to me that first time we'd met. You you met Reese. She's just now figuring that that out (laughs) so long ago. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You, You met Reese. All this time, all this time, stay with him and live to see everything righted. Yes, I did. And it was. No, not yet. Stay with him. I will. I always would. His chest rose, then fell. I don't even know your name, I whispered. The cereal, it was a title, a name of for its kind. That small smile again. Does it matter, curse breaker? Yes. Its eyes dimmed, but it did not tell me. It only said, you should go now. Worse things, worse things are coming. The blood draws them. I squeezed its bony hand to the leathery skin growing colder. I can stay a while longer. I had killed enough animals to know when a body neared death. Soon now, it would be a matter of breaths. There Archer on, the cereal said again, gazing at the leafy canopy, at the sky peeking through it, a painful inhale. A request. I leaned close. Anything. Another rattled breath. Leave this world a better place than you found it. Like the Girl Scouts wanted to. I, I was like, I read that. I said, like the Girl Scouts. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, I broke character. Oh. <laughs> and as its chest rose and stopped altogether, as its breaths escaped in one last sigh, I understood why the cereal had come to help me again and again, not just for kindness but because it was a dreamer. And it was the heart of a dreamer that had ceased beating inside that monstrous chest. Its sudden silence echoed into my own. I laid my head my head on its chest, on that now silent vault of bone and wept. You may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. So Reba was making fun of me because I was getting a little emotional at that. She's making fun of me too. I was making fun more of Caitlin because she, when you read the a smile across <laughs> his lipless <laughs> face. <laughs> oh, okay. I saw I saw a video the other day. And it was like, did you cry when this person died in Akatar? Did you cry when this person died? And they're like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> did you cry when the cereal died? <laughs> No, but they were like, and what about this creepy thing? And it shows a picture of the cereal. And they're like, don't show me. It's so sad. Well, yeah. I mean, they were like, oh, I realized that mm-hmm. it was a dreamer. Yeah. She's part of the court of dreams. Mm-hmm. Like, she helped build the court of dreams. And the cereal had always been the one to help her. Tamlin wouldn't help her. Lucian wouldn't help her. Um, it saved Reese in a time when Reese was mm-hmm. dying. You know, stay with your high lord. If you want to help your mate. <laughs> <laughs> you want to help your mate? Good times. Cereal mm-hmm. was there for it all. Mm-hmm. It was there when no one else was there for her. And now the cereal yeah, is dead. Yeah, I forgot that it died. Um, <laughs> of course you did. 
Caitlin, I'm telling you, I remembered next to nothing about this book. But yes, lo- lots of Dobby references. Um, mm-hmm. Or Dobby. You know what I did remember from this book? Oh, no, what? What Cassian said to Nesta whenever he thought he was dying. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> what? <laughs> Some things are important. <laughs> Okay, great. It's like I know your priorities now. Oh, I knew. Because when we get to the 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 talk of silver flames, you y'all are gonna see an argument that is not gonna I, nobody's I, gonna come back from. I'll say that I'll come to bat, but really I'll be like, okay, whatever. <laughs> That's exactly what you'll be like, like. Whenever I saw Peyton's three star review, I said I understand. Like, <laughs> I'm not mad about it. It's my second favorite book of the series, but I'm not mad about it. It's not the only thing that's worse than that is the novella. <laughs> Which I refuse to read, yeah. so. And you might like it. No, you wouldn't. But <laughs> we'll talk about it. Anyway, <laughs> chapter 60. We just read the first part of that. Helian approached Farah and told her it was time to leave. She said they couldn't leave the cereal like that. Helion offered to burn the cereal's body. Before he did, Farah asked Helion to give the cereal Cereal's body, his cloak. Helion agreed, and Farah tucked the cloak around the cereal. Farah whispered a thank you one last time to the cereal before Helion set upon his flame, turning the creature's body into ash. Then Helion offered his hand for Farah to take as he led her back to camp. Good send off. So sad. Helion's just chilling out out there yeah i mean i know he's out there for a reason but we don't know that till way later <laughs> but like he's like you know what yeah i'll help you with the cereal like this is a really weird like, thing this is weird because he's like he's your mate's really odd yeah. Yeah. Like, just letting you know a lot of crying over that. this creature in the woods i had this really great cloak she made me give to this this creepy it was, dead thing. It was one of my favorites. I'm gonna be honest. That was one of the thoughts I had too. Is what does Helion think about his cloak? Just, <laughs> just like give me your cloak. <laughs> and you got to keep in mind, everybody's kind of like scared of the cereal in a way. You're just like do do do. We remember from like Akatar. Uh huh. Everybody was kind of scared of the cereal, and it wouldn't show up for anybody, and like all that. I mean, the cereal wouldn't even show up for Reese. Mm-hmm. But he always, always showed up for Pharaoh. like, hey, Pharaoh, what's up? It's like my bestie. You called? But yeah, uh, we're, we're, we're sad about that. It was good that I, Anthony died, but the cereal, but at what cost? Because now the cereal's dead. Sadness. Yeah. Anyway. have sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Either the cereal or an important character. Pain's <gasps> <laughs> shocked <laughs> wounded face. Well, the cereal's important, I, obviously, we but could've. we don't need them anymore. We don't need it anymore. Him, they. Payton's like, mm. we don't. I know we don't for the plot. That's why she killed He's him all. all like, you were my dream. Uh-huh. <laughs> now that's someone else later on. Anyway. Let's go. Excuse me. Chapter 61. Helion and Pharaoh went out to Reese's war camp tent. The second he saw her, Reese grabbed Feyre and held her in his arms. She broke down crying as everyone else left the tent. When she stopped crying, Reese told her what had happened at the battle while she was gone. She immediately went to the infirmary tent to find everyone crowding around Cassie while a healer worked on his body. Moore asked where she had been. Feyre instead asked what happened to Cassian. Moore explained that Cassian would wait, wouldn't wait for anyone and had been brought down by one of the Highburn commanders. She then asked Feyre again where she'd gone. Farah didn't plan on answering more. Reese told her that she was free to leave whenever, but please leave a note next time. (laughs) 
When Feyre apologized to him, he th- spoke through their mental bond, saying that he always wanted to know where she was and if she was all right. He reminded her that she was her own person, free to make her own choices. He just wanted her safe. He also t- told her that what happened to the cereal wasn't her fault. After the healer finished telling Cassian he deserved that kind of pain after stepping in front of a sword, Cassian asked Reese, how bad? Reese replied, how bad was your injury or how badly did we have our asses kicked? He told Cassian that their army had taken some major hits, but they'd come out on the higher ground. Reese told Cassian to never pull shit like that again, to which Cassian reminded him, I'm a soldier, it's part of the job. Yep. Reese reminded his friend that he was High Lord, therefore his orders should be followed. The two go back and forth when Cassian said, so you're allowed to be bad about our choices to protect you and we're not allowed to be furious with you for your self-sacrificing bullshit? And I was like, go Cass. I mean, Mm -hmm. honestly, there's a point there. Like, okay, Reese, you can be mad whenever we do but never, 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 uh, you do We just gotta stand back and let it happen. According to Reese, yes. (laughs) Yeah, he's got a little bit of a complex there. Vera left the two of them to talk and in parentheses and probably hug it out. (laughs) Mora and Asriel following behind. She spotted Nesta standing nearby. Feyre tells her sister that casting was okay. Then, Moore steps in, snapping at Nesta that she should be refilling buckets, not just standing there. <laughs> Moore. Moore was pissed about Nesta not telling anyone Feyre had left. Then, Moore and Feyre had it out about, like, kind of in the way that Reese and Cassian. A lot of yourself sacrificing, how dare you, you could have died, you're supposed to tell us this, all kind of that. <laughs> it's so much. It is so... Like, I don't know, like maybe once or twice is fine, but this entire book is like, oh, how dare you do this? I would do the exact same thing, but how dare you? We're mm. all so selfless. And Laura just does that to people, I think. No, I think this is just how SJM writes, and no, it's I just a little clunky. People. I think it's a little clunky. No, yeah. I don't mind it at that point. Usually that kind of stuff bothers me. But. Well, I mean, it's back to back. Like, like, Cass and Reese have this argument, uh-huh. and then Nor, I mean, Moore and, and Farah have the same because argument. because with Reese and Cassian, I could see, like, how it was going to, that conversation was going to end. Mm-hmm. Because, like, Reese was like, you could have died. And Cassian's like, so could you. And I could tell. They're going to hug it out. And they're going to mm-hmm. get over it. But, you know, Farah and Moore, they're going to fight like girls. Mm-hmm. Where they're going to stomp off, be mad about it, say some, like, absolutely demolishing shit to each other like mm-hmm. and just like have to have something else happen in order to forgive each other evident by your criticism <laughs> exactly mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah but so like i know they're the same conversation but i didn't read them the same i don't know it's just tedious more went off uh on farah about lying and farah responded quote you want to talk about lying how about the fact that you lied to yourself and all of us every single day why haven't you ever made a move for Asriel? More. <laughs> I, I was like, huh? <laughs> Why haven't you ever made a move for Asriel more? Why did you invite Helion into your bed? You clearly found no pro- pleasure in it. I saw the way you looked the next day. So before you accuse me of being a liar, I suggest you look long and hard at yourself. Moore told her she'd had enough, but Vera continued... Commenting. Yeah. <laughs> commenting how... Moore clearly didn't like someone remarking about her choices, so maybe she should stop doing the same. Moore told Feyre to get out. Amran then found Feyre and said, Every time you lot leave me at home, someone manages to get gutted. Oh, Amran, she shows up and that's her line. No, but like, 
I guess also the ending of that conversation because Farrah's just like, I've had it more. You think you're so uppity and everything, Mm -hmm. but you're like the biggest liar here. Mm -hmm. Like there's something going on there. And there is a lot going on with more that we will discover later on. Mm -hmm. Later in this episode that, you know, leads to reasoning of why she acts that way. But Farrah doesn't know. So she just sees what she she's gonna see mm-hmm. okay also it's not a Ferris damn business as Freeze would put it but no it's not but you know <laughs> well we as we already talked about Ferris a nosy bitch <laughs> really is. in this situation who do you think I would be um era. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we all know that uh, yep chapter 62 Amran warned Farah that there were some truths more had yet come to terms with she said that the two just needed some time to cool down Amran's like I don't deal with this girl drama same Amron. I mean, I'm a part of the girls' drama sometimes, <laughs> evidently, but same. not anymore. Anyway, they walked to Reese's tent where Reese, Azriel, and Cassian awaited. Amron dug the book out, laying it before them. Then Nesta walked in, looking at Cassian. She kept her features stoic, but Vera saw her hand tremor before she balled it into a fist. Vera thought Nesta might have seen Cassian go down. Reese told Vera that after seeing Cassian's injuries, Nesta didn't put up a fight with assisting them today. Amron and Feyre explained to Nesta how to cast the stones and bones. <laughs> Though Amron told her not to interact with the cauldron. Cassian stood next to Nesta, telling her, Nothing can harm you. Feyre noticed how Cassian stood there, his hand on her sister's back in a comforting way. Nesta closed her eyes, seeking out the cauldron. Her breath quickened. Cassian tried to pull her out, but Amron snapped at him. He told Nesta to continue searching them to open her hand to see the stones Vera knew nesta had gone too deep she tried reaching out her mental shields and as quoted from the book if elaine's mental gates were those of a sleeping garden nesta's they belonged to an ancient fortress sharp and brutal the sort i imagined they once impaled upon but they were open wide and inside dark dark like i had never known even with reason nesta Vera saw the images in Nesta's mind. She saw Hybern's vast army, the king and Jurian and the other commanders, Hybern with the cauldron, and Nesta standing in fear. Vera gripped onto her sister's hand, staying there with her. Nesta was deeper. Nesta went deeper as Vera told her to cast the lots quickly before they found her. Nesta threw the stones and bones on the map. I can't every time. Speak eagle. They scattered before forming a perfect circle around a location not more than 100 miles from the Archeron family estate in the human realm. Reese contacted the High Lords in the battle and showed them the location. There was no way to get enough men to march down to the human realm in time. Varian burst into the war meeting, not even noticing his own High Lord. Instead, he went directly to Amran and kissed her. Reunited and he like falls to his knees. Yeah, he does. Yeah, I, like whenever he sees her, and I'm like, mm-hmm. what a man. Yeah, and like Mala, because he did at one point he didn't think he was ever going to see her again. Honestly, you need a variant. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I mean, of all the men, <laughs> a variant. I mean, who worships the very ground? I'm about to say, yeah, that's exactly what he does. <laughs> yep. All right, chapter 63. This is the best part, and I didn't feel like writing it, so I'm just going to tell you. So, like, they don't say a word. Varian just there is kissing Amran, and he just picks her up, and she puts her legs around his yeah. waist, and they just walk, walk out, out, continuing like to kiss. they're in the middle of a war meeting. Yeah. yeah. And 
Bearing comes in, kisses his gal, and then they're just making out on their way to the tent. To the tent. Yeah, nobody blinks an eye. <laughs> Tarquin remarks they would need to alternate who had to deal with them on holidays. <laughs> Everyone else ate and went to bed. Farrah had a dream of Grayson telling Elaine he had come for her. She jolted out of sleep and heard a strange sound. Reese woke up saying he couldn't hear anything. Farrah told him something was wrong and left the tent. Nesta and Amran were outside, saying they heard the noise too. Amran said the cauldron had sought them out because it sensed Nesta looking to looking for it before. It knew their location. It knew that they knew its location as well. <sighs> yes. The noise sounded again. Reese said it, he couldn't hear it. Amran said it was because he was not made. Azriel came out of the shadows, asking what made his shadows recoil. I, we, were, we were laughing earlier because I was like, where did Azriel come from? He was just hanging out in the shadows, just mm-hmm. chilling. He just like, pokes out and he's like, something's wrong with my shadows. Something's wrong with my shadows. They're not singing the way they normally do. The sound seemed like it was leaving. Cassian came out of his tent and then more. They all stood there waiting. The cauldron sang one last note before going. Farrah said she hoped that it was the last of it. Asriel noted Elaine wasn't out there with the rest of them. The two sisters panicked. They ran into Elaine's tent searching for her. She was nowhere to be found. All that was left was her cloak, still warm from her body heat, but the cauldron it had taken her. Dun, dun, dun. Of dun, course dun, it dun. took Elaine. Why would it not? <sighs> she is the most helpless. Had to kidnap someone. <sighs> <laughs> I mean, if you had to pick between Nesta, who would fight you tooth and nail, yeah. and Elaine, who would just accept it, I would pick Elaine every well, time. She walked willingly she, out that. She is the most useless character. <laughs> we'll get to it more in a second. Okay. Chapter 64. Nesta was freaking out over Elaine's disappearance, and Cassian tried to reassure her. Yeah. Nesta told him that every, anyone who went to Hybern's camp would die. Azrael insisted he go, and Farah said she'd go with him. Farah showed that she could shift into Ianthe. This power has not been established. They could use this so many times at this point. Like, just for anything. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Oh, Farah, you can shift into other people. It's just really convenient for no f-ing reason, and I have a problem with that. That's one thing that has always bugged me about Farah's just immense arsenal of different powers where she's like oh i can do this i can, I can do, do this, this now i Al. can do this and i'm like it's too much yeah it's a little too much it's too much this this part in particular there's no rhyme or reason to what's going on why she's just developed this she's like oh yeah i can shift into ianthe now why what reason how did you find this power when did you learn about it i don't think we were supposed to think too much about it but Peyton's here. Yeah. So. <laughs> I was just like, okay, cool. <laughs> did not care on it. Did not remember it. So therefore, I did not care. Mm-hmm. Reba, where do you land on that? I'm I, a little bit of both. I mean, at this point, I don't care. But <laughs> I already gave the book four stars. So <laughs> yeah. fair enough. Go on. Um, they hammered out a few details. Literally, in this case, Ianthe's headwear. <laughs> <laughs> We're so clever. Reese gave Feyre a pep talk saying all she had to do was walk in and out of the camp. That's it. I mean, you got to rescue your sister, too. Who knows what state she's in? But that's all you have to do. You have to disguise as a horrible person. But that's all you have to do, Farah. Reese then gave Azrael the order to kill whoever he needed in order to bring Farah and Elaine back safely. 
Then Farah and Azriel travel traveled, or in this case, went out to the edge of the area where his army was, walking themselves right into Hyrun's army. Da, da, da. Chapter 65. Thera donned Ianthe's appearance, magically, walking herself into the heart of Hybron's operations. Asriel followed her, cast in the shadows. No one questioned Thera as she walked confidently onward, head held high, you know, looking like a bad bitch. Sensual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sensual. <laughs> she found some soldiers laughing around a fire. Thera saw they were laughing at one of the children of the blessed being tortured. It reminded her so much of Claire. If you don't remember who Claire is, where have you been? Because Farrah remembers who Claire is. Mm-hmm. Farrah weighed her options on if she could leave this girl for dead. Then she heard someone say, he's been looking for you. Jurian stood there eyeing her. She tried to act like Ianthe, but he wasn't fooled. Farrah realized that he knew exactly who she was and asked simply, where is she? Jurian told her that she needed to act like she was lusting after him like Ianthe had. Farrah repeated herself about her sister. Jurian told Farah that Elaine was safe and unharmed, but not for long. She was chained up in Hybern's tent with a spell casted around her. Farah asked how to help save the girl being tortured. Jurian said she couldn't save both the girl and Elaine. Farah insisted he help so that she could save both. Jurian looked to Farah, telling her to go pray to the cauldron where Elaine was. When they were at the tent, Jurian told Farah that she would have five minutes. They were to meet at a cliff on the edge of the camp and not let Hybern catch her alive. <laughs> not even seeing Asriel, but knowing he was there, Jurian told him that he hoped he could carry three. Jurian, he, he's got that third eye. Then Jurian went off, leaving Asriel and Feyre to walk into the tent where Elaine was captured. Elaine was shackled with magic that Feyre couldn't break. Asriel picked her up anyway, and they ran. Hybern's army chased after them. Azriel tried blasting his siphons. They stopped at the edge of the cliff where the human girl waited, left by Jurian. There was nowhere to go but up. Farah ordered Azriel to take them and go. The king taunted her. His army shot ash arrows, one hitting her, and they also sent two hounds to pounce on her. She barely escaped one of their jaws by, sho- by shoving her bow between them. Then, out of nowhere, a golden beast attacked the hounds. It was Tamlin, there to help Farah to save her. <gasps> Ta- Tamlin? Yeah, Tamlin. Right, turn? <laughs> there to help? Mm-hmm. She's it's like, crazy. it's him. Ah, uh, like, and he's I mean, saving thanks. her. That's awesome. But like, dude, I'm supposed to hate you. Yeah, like it's so confusing. You just saved my life again. That's the thing uh. about Tamlin. Sometimes he's there, and you're like, if only. Like, <laughs> why are you having these redeemable moments? Why? Let us hate you. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad he's here, obviously. Farah ran to the cliff's edge where Azriel was with Elaine and the girl. He told Farah she'd have to fly on her own and he carried the two others. She continued towards the edge as some of the hounds attacking Tamlin broke free and came after her again. Farah jumped, spreading her self-made wings, going after Azriel, just barely avoiding calamity. Azriel was shot with arrows, but managed to make it back to the camp before collapsing. The child of the blessed offered to patch up Farah's sh- shoulder. Farah didn't have the energy to tell her there was ash in it and she needed a healer. Farah asked for the girl's name instead. The girl told Farah that her name was Briar. Which is the best name ever. If you don't know, that's my cat's name. <laughs> Briar Rose. Also just like a fairy tale name. Like It definitely is. After they arrived, Reese and Nesta appeared almost at the same time. 
Farrah told Reese she couldn't just leave the girl, Briar. Then Nesta spotted Elaine, letting out a sob, before running to Farrah and wrapping her arms around her neck, saying, thank you. And, I mean, we all know that Nesta loves Elaine more than she loves Farrah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, I mean, she'd do anything for Elaine. So, this moment was cute. Yeah, it was. They got the chains off Elaine, and Nerese took Asriel to Thessin to be healed. Farrah, Nesta, and Elaine just held on to each other in the tent until the sun rose. And it's just so cute, because they're, like, curled up, like, on on the floor, or Mm -hmm. maybe. Yeah. And she, like, thinks back to their days living in the cottage and having to sleep in the same bed and she's like back then we were always like fighting yeah and but right now like i'm just so happy to be with them and i'm like mm-hmm. and it, it's that sister love i think mm-hmm. it I, definitely is yeah. chapter 66 at noon the next day Colias's army arrived Farah was still reeling at the events that transpired the day before she now realized tamlin was playing as hybern spy no. She now realized Tamlin was playing spy in Highburn's army. <laughs> I didn't know that. I probably did it. Fair discovered Briar walking around with Moore, Vivian, and Vivian's sister. Moore walked over to Farah and they apologized to each other for their fight. Moore admitted to Farah that she could never love Azriel the way he loved her. Noting Farah's confusion, Moore explained that she simply preferred females. What? Thank yeah. you for that clarification. It all makes sense, though. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay. Farah asked why she slept with Helion then. Moore told her that he, she could sleep with men, but she could only feel a true connection with women. And here's from the book. Moore's soliloquy. I know, that's what I was laughing at. <laughs> Is it not a soliloquy? Farah interrupts a little bit, but it's mainly a soliloquy. Farah interrupts? <laughs> yeah. Moore. I slept with Cassian because I knew it would mean a little would mean little to him too. Because I knew doing it would buy me a shot at freedom. If I had told my parents that I preferred females, you've met my father. He and Baron would have tied me to that marriage bed for heiress, literally. But sullied, I knew my shot at freedom lay there. And I saw how Azriel looked at me. Knew how he felt. And if I'd chosen him, she shook her head. It wouldn't have been fair to him. So I slept with Cassian, and Azriel thought I deemed him unsuitable. And then everything happened, and her fingers tightened on mine. After Azriel found me with that note nailed to my womb, I tried to explain, but he started to confess what he felt, and I panicked. And to get him to stop, to keep him from saying he loved me, I just turned and left, and... And I couldn't face any explaining it after that. Wait. Okay. Sorry, more. But no wonder Azriel's the way that he is. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to tell, like, this girl that I love how I feel. And she just walks away. Yeah. But also, the time he chose to say his feelings. <laughs> he makes some interesting choices throughout this series. Yeah. He's... We're going to get to that with Silver Flames. <laughs> He's not great with the ladies. I got to say... Last- the bonus chapter is like chapter I made should, should be named the character assassination <laughs> of Azriel. I love it though because I like a little bit of you know like mm-hmm. uh oh like because he seems so perfect. I mean mm-hmm. like broken boy but also perfect. Mm-hmm. Like he could do no wrong but then he does that mm-hmm. anyway. <laughs> but he'll be like more I. Blah. <laughs> She's like 
I'm not doing this right now. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. I've just been brutally mutilated. I'm not doing this. (laughs) She loosed a shuddering breath. I sleep with males in part because I enjoy it, but also to keep people from looking too closely. Reese wouldn't care. And I don't think, I don't think anyone in Valeris would, said Farah. A nod. Valeris is a haven for people like me. Rita's, the owner, is like me. A lot of us go there without anyone really ever picking up on it. No wonder she practically lived at the Pleasure Hall. But this part of me more wiped at her tears with a free hand. It didn't matter as much when my family disowned me, when they called me a whore and a piece of trash, when they'd hurt me, because those things, they weren't a part of me, weren't true, weren't and weren't intrinsic. They couldn't break me because... Because they never touch that innermost part of me. That part, like, I mean, I think of people who have been through stuff like this mm-hmm. and how they're like, oh, they can say all this other shit about me because I know it's not true. But if they attack who I'm truly, who I truly am, like that will break me. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. so sad. They never even guessed, but I hid it. I've hidden it because she tilted her head back, looking skyward. Because I live in terror of my family finding out and shaming me, hurting me about this one thing that has remained wholly mine. This one part of me, I won't let them. Won't let them destroy it or try so. Try to. So I've rarely... During the war, I finally took my first female lover. She was quiet for a long moment, blinking away tears. It was Neffel and her lover, now her wife, I suppose, who made me dare to try. They made me so jealous, not of them personally, but just of what they had, their openness, that they lived in a place with the people who thought nothing of it. But with the war, with the traveling across the world, no one from home was with me for months at a time. It was safe for once, and one of the human queens, the friend she had so passionately talked about, had known so intimately. I forgot that they weren't just friends. Oh, also, yeah. when she was like, oh, what's her other name? Her and her level, like, if you Apple. stop there, mm-hmm. yeah. Before reading the rest, it sounds, it sounds like, like she's. I, I remember reading that, and I was like, huh? And I was like, Oh, okay. We're done parodying a little bit. She was inspired by them. Okay. I was like, you with them? And I was like, oh. Both of them. Yeah. She was in a throuple. (laughs) That's not my throuple plan. I forgot to to look up this name. Her name was Andromach, and she was so beautiful and kind, and I loved her so much. Human. Andromach had been human. My eyes burned. But she was human and a queen who needed to continue her royal line, especially during such a tumultuous time. So I left, went home after the last battle. And when I realized what a mistake it was, that I didn't care if I only had 60 more years with her, the wall went up that day. A small sob came out of her and I could not. I was not allowed or able to cross it. I tried for three years. I tried over and over. And by the time I managed to to find a hole to cross, she had married a man and had an infant daughter with another on the way. I didn't set foot inside her castle. Didn't even try to see her. I just turned around and went home. I'm so sorry, I breathed, my voice breaking. She bore five children and died an old woman, safe in her bed. And I saw her spirit again in that golden queen, her descendant. More closed her eyes, 
breath rippling past her shaking lips. For a while, I mourned her, both while she lived and after she died. For a few decades, there were no lovers of any kind. But then one day, I woke up and I wanted. I don't know what I wanted. The opposite of her. I found them. Female, male, few lovers over the past centuries. The female is always secret. And I think that's why it wore on them. Why they always ended it. I could never be open about it. Never be seen with them. And as for the males, it never went as deep. The bond, I mean... Even if I did still crave, you know, every now and then, a huff of laugh that I echoed. But all of them, it wasn't the same as Andromach. It doesn't feel the same in here, she breathed, putting a hand over her heart. And the male lovers I took, it became a way to keep Asriel from wondering why, why I wouldn't notice him make that move. You see, you see how marvelous he is, how special. But if I slept with him even once just to try it, to make sure, I think that after all this time, he would think it was a culmination, a happy ending. And I think it might shatter him if I revealed afterwards that I'm not sure I can give my entire heart to him that way. And and I love him enough to want him to find some someone who can truly love him like he deserves. And I love myself. I love myself enough to not want to settle until I find that person too. A shrug. If I can even work up the courage to tell the world first, my gift is truth. And yet I have been living a lie my entire existence. You realize why more is so f***ed up? Like, yeah. You're like, oh, this, yeah, this situation's messy. Feyre had no idea. She just thought there was a love triangle. Yeah. Something. <laughs> That's what Fair gets for putting her nosy nose into it. <laughs> I just, I love how Morris like, yeah, sleeping with Azrael's not a good idea because he will get so invested. He'll be like, this is it. Mm-hmm. Finally. Mm-hmm. He'll be singing from the rooftops. Mm-hmm. Like, and she's like, no. You know, it was reading this part that I realized SJM just threw legit a bit of qua people <laughs> into this book and no other book you mean no other book like i mean in this series i know there's some in throne of glass and also the third book yeah. like she like waits to set it up until the third book yeah this is also the first book where there is a predominantly black character and i think because these series are so much older like mm-hmm. as far as her writing them and everything because mm-hmm. i think like in crescent city there's mm-hmm. it's a much more diverse group of characters mm-hmm. just from like what i know about it and you know these are also more like fantasy Mm -hmm. as what fantasy is known as which is very white and heteronormative anyway yeah (laughs) so like i mean i'm not saying that's okay i think we had that conversation Mm -hmm. at an earlier point in akatar but um like i think you know it's there Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but yeah you have like three legit a bit of qual yeah um sorry i just love the tiktok that said that so i have to say it um there's like three legit characters in this novel whereas not three but three couples or two couples and more and <laughs> more more we'll find someone one day one day one day one day i have my ship so yeah there told more she would keep her secret safe and more thanked her Farrah thanked her for being honest Moore expressed that she needed to tell Azriel the truth about herself, but she was scared. 
Farrah told her that she would help her when she is ready to come out. Farrah wished to see Amran, but Amran sat holed up in her tent, peering over the book and refusing to speak to anyone. So Farrah went back to her tent to find the High Lords having a war meeting. They realized Hybern was trying to exhaust their army so he could march into the human realm without obstacles. They made a plan to winnow out as many families as they could to Adriata. Then they would face Hybern on the battlefield. Amran walked in and told them she hoped they all agreed to fight tomorrow. When they asked why, she said that she needed a distraction while all of the made ones went to the cauldron. Tarquin asked if she had found a way to null the cauldron. Amran said, even better, I found a way to stop his entire army. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. Hey, Peyton, we got a couple minutes. I want you to explain the plot and the conflict real quick to me. Like, what What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... So I took a month off from reading this book. <laughs> and, you know, if I... If I'm in it and I'm like making notes on it and we are having discussions about it, I kind of understand, but I lost any understanding I had. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. I know there's bad guys and good guys and I understand who they are, but what's happening <laughs> and why? What's the point? Okay. So, oh God. There's Prithian. Uh huh. You know where Prithian is? Yeah. It's like England. Well, there's a little, there's a little country off to the north okay. west. I got that. That's Highburn. Yes. Well, I don't know how far back to go with you. <laughs> I got that. Back in the first war, Highburn had all the humans as slaves, right? Okay. Yeah, and they kind of <laughs> diminished all his power and put him off in that little country by himself. Boo hoo. <laughs> He's a bit of elitist. He likes high fay. He doesn't like lower fay. He named his country after himself. Yes. <laughs> we discussed that yesterday. And what a bad idea that is. Like, not even changing it up a little bit. Yes. Um, Which we don't know what his name actually is because it's called the King of Highburn. But so. then he's called Highburn in some places and some places. Yeah. I think it's all three. Or SJM's <laughs> just really bad at naming stuff in this book because we'll get into it Grayson 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 um anyway when Amaretha was destroyed it gave Highburn the idea because Amarantha had failed now it's time to strike while their defenses are weakened the spring courts weakened she's destroyed you know a majority of all of you know all of their courts like if her plan would have worked fine you know just leave them under the mountain. It's not like they could do anything. And then he could come in and break the wall and take humans back as slaves and do all that jazz again. But because she didn't, you know, because Amarantha failed, he had to strike right then because all of their armies were depleted. You know, some of them don't have um, younglings anymore. Like, Highburn had, or Amarantha had destroyed most of their resources. They were just now building their cities back. So, he starts fighting them. And the good guys are Reese. <laughs> <laughs> I said I'd go boost it back. The good guys are Reese? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's why Reese is like, we need to get this ready because there's going to be a war soon. Highburn gets the cauldron. The cauldron is, you know, if you remember from the earlier books, they, they were like, you know... Save the cauldron or, you know, like, it's usually Lucian, like, oh, by the cauldron, y'all are ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Like, that is their holy grail type mm -hmm. thing. It's old magic, super old magic. And anyway, so he uses that to destroy the wall. Yeah? You following me? I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> I was paying attention at that point. Mm -hmm. And remember... <laughs> that one. <laughs> remember, Highburn's got 
a big fat army. Like it's way. Where all those people come from? From the from his land, and he also has help from the other. Like there's also a fairy realm on the continent too. One day we'll go to the continent. I don't think we will. But anyway, so he's amassed a huge army, and you got to think. I don't think Hybern is that big of a like a big of land, but because they've been literally killing off all the courts mm-hmm. for 50 years there's not that many to fight in an army on any of them it sounds like it yeah so while his ranks have been growing their ranks have been depleting yeah. i think like 300 or something so that's happening what else do you need to know why 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 does hybern want all this power and glory so he can become king of the world and get rid of all the what? lesser people <laughs> enslave them Mm -hmm. okay i you know i have dipped my toe in it and that's literally as far as i can go Mm -hmm. i got i got (laughs) enough yeah he just wants world domination i guess i don't understand why anyone would want world domination yeah so that concept has always been really foreign to me Mm -hmm. i'm just like why like Mm -hmm. why do you care yeah Y'all, I don't do plot. I don't do. I don't do war. <laughs> we, we can tell. Wait, wait till we get to Silver Flames, and you'll really see what how. Mean? You, there's no plot. There is no plot. Like the plot that's there does not make any sense, mm-hmm. and it is not resolved. Yeah. By the end of the book. That, I guess I got all I wanted. <laughs> None of it will be retained. <laughs> Sorry. It's all right. I gotta edit this too. I'll hear it again. Yeah. Maybe you'll learn from that go around it's funny that you don't remember this considering the editing you've had to do uh yeah i just listen for anything important to delete my editing process has gotten real fast in two ways in two ways um there's a war happening there is a war happening i don't know where we ended oh amran did something amran's like i got a way i found a way to stop the army i have no idea what it is but it's all right. I gotta edit the notes too. I'll figure it out. Okay. All right. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Let's Go Nothing Pod. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. And then she walked by my room. And stared at me for a second. Do you want to know what I was doing? No. I wasn't. <laughs> say I no and said, continue. Do you know what I was doing? And I said, no. Do I want to know? Sure. So, like. Smack now. <laughs>